0: Okie dokie, welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you again for joining us this week. Shout out to our hosting site, SoundCloud. Thank you for those who support us on our YouTube channel. Also, connect with us on Facebook for any future updates. Wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Stitcher, Google, or Apple Podcasts, very grateful for your support. I've had a couple of conversations this last week. Some cool things are coming to the channel. Be on the lookout on our YouTube channel. I think you guys are going to really appreciate some of the content that's going to start dropping over there. And in fact, I know you will. So listen, let me let me talk briefly about something here. Uh, it's called opportunity. And a lot of us have certain opportunities that come our way throughout our weeks, months, years of living on this planet. And as Christians, hopefully we are filtering those particular opportunities through God and what he would have us do. You see, there's been a few instances in my life where I have had a couple opportunities come my way, which on paper seem amazing. But when you look back are rather puzzling, especially when it comes to the timing of them. I'll share with you briefly. So I was a 2016 graduate from Olivet Nazarene University. I graduated with religious studies with the hope of eventually going into some sort of ministry or or teaching role. I, I love to teach. That That's something that's very gratifying to me. I've been told that I, I have what sort of an acumen for it, but who am I to judge? I, I don't know. I may be terrible at it, but regardless. One of the things, though, that I knew is that my degree would be used some way or another. And as soon as I graduated, I started leading this young adult group at Jackson Nash church, which was my home church. And I used that degree every week that we met because I knew at least how to effectively look for things, maybe to engage in scripture, look at commentaries, ha- have a more fuller understanding of what I was looking at, especially prior to going to college. I didn't really know anything, but I, I knew how to look for Information and maybe what sources seemed more credible and that were more trustworthy, right? So I I never regretted going going to college and earning those degrees. The other thing, though, that I that I I still knew is that maybe there was going to be something greater. And then when I eventually became a pastor, it just all came full circle. But between the moments of when I graduated high school and took that that pastoring gig. There were a few things that came in my life that I was like, wow, I don't know what I'm to do here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And the first day of my first job out of college was not related to ministry at all. In fact, I was working at an insurance company and I was walking and I was in the parking lot. I still know exactly where I was at, and I had a higher up figure in the Nazarene Church call me and offer me a job to be a senior pastor at a church that I had preached at while I was at Olivet, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh! Like, wh- what do you do as a 22 year old? You're offered a, a church, and you didn't even apply for it. Uh, that's incredible." Well, it was confusing because I was it was the first day of my new job. And this comes out of nowhere, and, I, and I, I prayed about what I was going to do after college, and that just seemed like a way to start. And I ended up saying no because it just didn't make any sense. Like, it just it didn't give me peace, and I was praying, I was fasting, reading my Bible over these decisions, and it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, fast forward a couple years, I am struggling in this job. I really wanted God to deliver me from this. And then my current boss, I'll drop his name, who's been on the podcast before, first ever guest, Mike Perry, offered me a job. It was like heaven had come down uh, to earth like I was John in Revelation, you know, just seeing the majesty of heaven And that vision and revelation, that's how it felt because I was rescued. And a week into that job, the same higher up offered me the same church. And it was like, what what are we really doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. And I've recently been put in a position uh, of being offered something, not completely official, not something that's, um, you know, and there's, we're just talking, but it, it's reminded me a lot of that too, of like, I, I'm finding so much fulfillment and love in my current job, but I have the opportunity to do something else with some amazing people that I trust and I love. What do you do? And there, there's a particular passage in scripture where Paul talks a little bit about this. I'm not trying to bend bend his words around how I'm feeling, but I think it's applicable regardless of motive. It's Ephesians 5:15 through 20. He says, "Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God even" the Father. Interesting. For the days are evil. Now, I'm not a New Testament scholar, but one of the one of the reasons how I interpret this is by looking at what comes before. It's easy to take passages out of context and not put them back in their proper context. There's a lot of allusions to darkness and light, sleep and slumber and being awake a lot of ideas of, of we talk about the watchman who watched the city gates in the Old Testament in these cities, like you needed watchmen to see if there was enemies coming, right? Well, what happens when the watchman fell asleep? Foreign invasion could overtake a city within minutes. No, Nobody to ring the alarm. Well, what happens if your conscious, your your godliness, your holiness has taken a nap? What happens when you have nothing to guard your heart from temptation. This is what he says, and I'm going to start at verse 8. He says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the, the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper! Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And then so on and so forth with verses fifteen through twenty, which I just read. What are we doing? What's our motive? Where where's our where's our heart in the in the middle of opportunity? If we're focused on Christ, we're going to have things in temptation to come our way. Absolutely, that's just going to happen. That's just a thing called life. There's nothing we really can do to to avoid perilous circumstances or circumstances that seem nefarious, pernicious. But how we respond, the type of attitude we take into that, that's a little bit different now, right? So I don't really know what to do right now. All I know is that if you're out there, you're in an opportunity, you just don't know what to do. Here's something that my mom has shared with me over the years, some of the best advice I've ever received. And now this is... Contingent upon a Christian having a healthy prayer life, fasting, which is something we don't talk about. We could do a whole entire podcast on that. But then reading scripture, are you seeking after God? So when I say this, it's not just your, your feelings, but my mom always said, choose peace. What brings you peace? Now, if you're not doing that, that's just maybe could be confused with do what feels right you know living a epicurean lifestyle completely a slave to your feelings and and what makes you feel good yeah peace is, is you know getting high or getting drunk or sleeping with whoever i sleep with because that's what gives me you know an, a peace in the moment from a feelings but it doesn't solve the issue of your soul so i'm talking to the spirit i'm talking about the soul the thing that you can go to bed at night and you don't think about the decision you don't regret you don't Ponder what could have been. That is much more difficult than what I'm describing. You know, it's the whole thing, much easier said than done. Well, of course, God's will can be something that is a lifelong pursuit, but it's something we have to chase. So, what Paul's talking about here, so that you may either discern, you may know what the will of God is for your life. You can't do this in an empty vacuum. You can't do it. You know, just go through life not trying to connect with God, not trying to be disciplined, and then just, oh yeah, I just I found the answer. You might be you might guess the right answer and be relieved thereafter. But to know it in your heart in the moment to have that peace, so you have that confidence, that's a whole different story. So for me, that's gonna take some time. And for you, it might take some time. But if you ever feel rushed into a situation like you have to do this or else, Unless we're talking about ladder, matters of life or death, where I believe God's grace certainly goes with us. Sometimes, sometimes, I believe we don't take time to listen for God's voice because that selfishness, that emotions, want something else to be true. But I would just ask that you picture yourself in that new place where you are now. What, what's going to give you rest for the soul? Be weary of opportunities. Be very weary of them. Not that they're bad. Not that, not that it is always a temptation. And not that you're so important that God must be testing you, like Job, for example. No, that's not. The Bible's not about me and how what God does for me. That's not what these stories are. They reveal the, the vicious and vile nature of humanity. And how God is merciful even through all of that. That's really a story of the Bible. If you're going to talk about it from a character and a narrative and, a, and a, a thematic element. Like from a theological standpoint, the Bible is not about what God does for humanity. Okay, we need to get rid of that notion. We are not the protagonists of the Bible. Okay, we're the antagonists of the Bible, if anything. The anti-heroes. The people who try to do good but still fall very, very, very short. Where am I going with this? I've said it before. Who is at the center of your life? God is not a God of confusion. You're seeking him. He's not going to throw something your way that just completely confuses you. Even if for godly people. Again, there might not be any sort of malicious things in there. God can do amazing things. And there's a lot of other things that happen in life that are not necessarily evil because they can come through godly people but it's not God necessarily prompting that for your life. I'm not saying that when that guy called me he wasn't following God's heart, God's will, absolutely not. But God is not going to tell three people different things when it, when it comes to like a central core theme, like when it comes to like a very binary thing, should we do this or should we do this? Um, should we spend money on this or not? Sometimes there's not like a third choice. There's not like a gray area where we can like half spend money on it. A lot of times that's not the case. But So I'm referring to binary things, right? Right or wrong. Should we or shouldn't we? Which there are moments in life that are like that. If you have people praying about it, he's not going to tell you three different things. Somebody is, is somewhere not listening. And the reason why I can say that as there are so many instances in Scripture, whether it's in 2 Chronicles, we know that passage, if my people are called by, by, my, by my name. Well, I can't talk this morning. By my name, right? Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Talked about that last week. Like, there's there's so many things that we could say, that we could do, but what is the right way? I don't know. I'm not going to pretend what that is for you or for your life, but I can tell you how you don't get there is by waltzing your way into it, of you know, just laissez-faire attitude with God, and then suddenly you need him just to come through for you because now you're in a really tight spot, which many of us do. So if you are currently experiencing an opportunity and you just don't know whether or not to take it, yeah, ask God. That's the default, like, oh, yeah, no. Really, I should ask God. Listen for God. Wait for God. Talk to you who you need to talk to. Weighs out, Weigh out the pros and cons. Picture your, your life in 20 years. Do you regret the decision? Do you not regret this decision? You can do all the normal stuff that humans do. What brings you peace? What brings you peace of the soul? not an easy question, not an easy answer, but I think it would become more apparent if you look at what God's done in your life, the doors he has opened, a lot of times we can inform the future by looking at our past. Anyway, those are just some quick thoughts. Appreciate your time. May God bless you. May God keep you.